Today we're focusing on beyond belief how we're going to stand and stand firm in our faith. Remember, we can believe with our heads. We can be all about this logical mind stuff. But if we don't live out our faith, if we don't put our faith into action, the Bible says that our faith is dead. We want to be followers of Christ who are doing something in the world today. How do we do that? We stand firm in the message of the gospel. I want you to go with me, excuse me, to 1 Corinthians 15. And I'm going to do things a bit differently today, and this may be the teacher in me, but, but I feel sure that you need quite a bit of meat for the Advent season, meaning meat from the Word of God. So if you're a note taker, you need to be writing down these scriptures, you need to be meditating on them between now and Christmas. Because God is going to reveal himself to each one of us personally. And it comes most often when we sit and study the word of God. 1 Corinthians 15. Now here's reality. We sang about it. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. In the message, it says, keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got. Be resolute. Love without stopping. That's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right. The the world is caught up in busyness, in the chaos, the materialism. This is an exciting time of the year. But if we don't stay focused In this time of Advent, we're going to be distracted and we're going to easily take our eyes off Jesus, our Savior. And I believe, would you agree that that we need Jesus? We need that assurance more than ever before. The world needs the light and the love, the hope of Jesus Christ. So, I want to give you some things to think about around the, the theme of standing, You've heard it said that if you don't stand up for what you believe, we'll fall for anything. Stand up for what you believe in, even if it means standing alone. Understand that as the body of Christ, as believers in Jesus, we are never alone. And it's time for us to to get going together, to stand firm in who we want to follow. The tallest oak in the forest was once just a little nut that held its ground. How about that? I feel like I'm a little nut a lot of the time. Let's be a strong oak. The trees of righteousness that the scripture talks about. Defend your beliefs with courtesy and compassion, Jeffrey Holland says, but defend them. 
So today I want to talk to you, I want to give you some, some encouragement to claim the hope to stand firm in Jesus Christ our Savior. There's an old hymn that I grew up with, Standing on the Promises of God. Some of you remember that, but this is, this is part of it. Standing on the promises of God my Savior, those promises that cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. Some of us are right there this morning. By the living word of God, Jesus Christ, I shall prevail, standing on the promises. Bound to him eternally by love's strong cord, standing on the promises, listening every moment to the Spirit's call, standing on the promises of God. All right, first of all, I want to take you through what are those promises. And this is where, don't let it get tedious, but you need this as you go into this Advent season. These are the things you need to cling to. Some of you are saying, why do I, why do I need to live out my faith? Or what do I even believe? You need to go with it from the very beginning. First of all, Deuteronomy 31. I'm going to take you through, hopefully, in a very succinct way. And I want you to, to take these and, and feed upon them. This is when God was promising old man Moses, who the scripture says was about 120 years old. He, was, he had done what God had called him to do, leading the Israelite people. And he was going to turn over his leadership to Joshua. This is what God said. And we need to, to hold firm to this. Be strong and courageous do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Now think for a minute, who is them to you? Right now, there are a lot of thems out there. The things that we are held captive to, the strongholds that we have, the lies that Satan the enemy is trying to get us to believe. The distractions of the world. Scripture says, do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What are your enemies? Where are your strongholds? What are the distractions? God says, the Lord goes before you, will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. This is what we've got to cling to. Because if we try to go it on our own, the world's going to get us. We've got to cling to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Secondly, Isaiah 40. We sang about this. Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary. Some of us are tired and weary emotionally, spiritually, physically. We've been knocked down and knocked down and knocked down. And the hope is this. God does not grow tired or weary. His understanding we can't fathom. But this is the promise. He gives strength to the weary. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever situation you are in right now, God says, I've got it. I've, I want to empower you through my Holy Spirit. I want you to trust, to stand firm that Jesus Christ is your Messiah, the Savior, the Anointed One who came for you. He loves you that much. And some of you need to be reminded of that today. 
No matter what you've done, no matter the past, no matter what you said or did this morning, Jesus has come so that you might have life and have it abundantly. Going on, uh, even youths grow tired and weary, young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, or some translations say those who wait upon the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will be able to run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I know this is... This is seemingly very intellectual, but I pray that you will open your heart to to the promises that God has for you today. Next, (laughs) I'm so old-fashioned, I thought of this today. Nick and Brent would have this all on their computer and look so cool, and here I am with all these papers. Isaiah 43. Anytime you see the word Jacob or Israel, Um, You need to think of self, and you need to think of church. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. Way before you were born, way before I was born, God, through God's provenient grace, was saying, come on, come to me. I love you so much. I don't want you to be without my love. Come to me. Look to me. Understand who I am and what I can do for you. Here's the promise. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Some of you are in deep water this morning. Some of you are walking in rivers that are extremely chaotic. The waves are going way over your head. And God is speaking to you through his word. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I want you to know that this is all about standing on the promises of God. You may know I'm up here, but you've got to stand. All of us together as the body of Christ need to stand firmly on the promises of God. Prophet Jeremiah 30, in chapter 33. Now this is where we start hearing about Jesus. God's telling us the, through the prophet Jeremiah that he's sending us a savior. And it's not something that just happened 2,000 years ago plus. It's for us today. The days are coming when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. Now that's the religious jargon for Jesus Christ, our Savior, from the line and lineage of David. He is that righteous sprout, that holy sprout. It's kind of a weird word, isn't it? But think of the sprout that started all of the growth. I am the vine, you are the branches. In those days, Judah will be saved, Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. Are you standing on the promises of God? And then prophet Micah in the fifth verse But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small, 
Some of us are here today thinking, I'm not worth much at all. I don't have much that I have to offer. I don't have much of a witness. I'm not so sure that I feel really good about myself. That's where we put ourselves in this scripture. Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler of Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. He, Jesus, will stand and shepherd his flock. I need a shepherd. I need a shepherd. All of us, like sheep, go astray. We want to do our own thing. We get distracted. We get caught up in, in the materialism, consumerism. We get caught up in, I want this, and I want that, and I want to give her that, and I want to give him that. And we forget about the shepherd who died that death so we could have victory. Victory over sin and death. That's the good news of the gospel. I stand, he will stand in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord, his God, and they, us, will live securely. We cannot be or gain security from this world, but only through Jesus Christ our Lord will we gain security. For then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. This is the coming of Jesus that we celebrate. It happened so long ago. We have the hope for today, for tomorrow, and for all of eternity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would say they believed in him would not perish, would not die a death because of sin, but would have victory over death and live everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Are you living in such a way that your life reflects the gospel? You believe it in your head, I believe it in my head, but God's calling us to live out our faith. What is it going to look like for you in this Advent season to live following the example of Christ. What is God calling you to do differently? Where is your focus going to be? Because the world has one focus in mind. And we can easily just get caught up in the chaos, in the busyness, in the stress of upcoming exams, in the diagnosis, in the treatment, in the loss of a job, in the struggling marriage. We can get caught up right there. And instead... Jesus said, there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation in those who profess Jesus Christ as Lord. I shed my blood for you so that you might have life. Let's not be caught up in the distractions and the doldrums and get so stressed out this Advent and Christmas season. Let's put our focus and stand firm in where we need to, the promises of God. Jesus said in John 14, don't let your hearts be troubled. Some of us are here with very troubled hearts this morning. We don't know how we can keep on keeping on because the stuff of life is so overwhelming. And the fear and the anxiety that we are carrying and that we are facing is too all-encompassing. Jesus says, You believe in God, believe in me. 
My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? This is the advent, the second coming. And if I go to prepare a place for you, here's the good news. I will come back to take you with me, that you may be also be where I am. You know the way to the place I'm going. Let me just pause and say, if you don't have a clue about who this Jesus is, I would love to share what Jesus has meant to me and what he's been doing in my life. There are many brothers and sisters in here who would like to share what Jesus is doing. Ask questions if you're just not sure about this Jesus or if you've never really quite understood what Jesus did. Let's talk about it. Let's wrestle together and try to figure this out because I know that Jesus wants to know you personally. And finally, John 14, if you love me, keep my commands. I will ask the Father. He will give you another advocate to help you and will be with you forever. That's the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you will know him for, this is it, when we believe in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in us and will be in us. And here's the promise of hope. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. Some of you walked in those doors today feeling like you're all alone. That you can't keep doing this stuff called life. Many of you came in a, in a mode of despair and very much without hope. And Jesus has this promise. I will not leave you by yourself. I will not leave you like an orphan without parents. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Claim the truth. Stand on God's promises. I know that was a lot. But will you join me this Advent season? Stand on God's promises. And secondly, stand in God's presence. As believers, we have this incredible power through the Holy Spirit. There are many different names for the Holy Spirit. Teacher, intercessor, um, revealer of truth, advocate, counselor, witness, or witness, convictor, guide, God's seal on us. I love that because it, to me, uh, gives me the idea that I am sealed to my beloved God through the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ, my Lord. There was a song years ago, You Are the Air I Breathe, about God being our very presence, his very presence living in me, that God is our living water, God is our daily bread. We've got to stop thinking that we can do this thing called life on our own. And we've got to claim fully. We've got to stand in the presence, the promise of God. I want to go to Acts 17 and tell you this. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't live by temples built by human hands. He's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. 
It is in him, later on it says, that we live and move and have our very being. Verse 27 says this, God did this so that we would seek him, perhaps reach out for him and find him. He's not very far from us. Standing in the presence of God. How are you going to do that this Advent season? As I suggested last week, it needs to start with worship. Not just the corporate worship on Sunday morning, but your private personal worship. God wants to be in relationship with you. How about we make a pact to seek him, to open our hearts, to reach out for him. It will be then when we find him, when we make an effort to put Jesus Christ first during this season instead of all the stuff of the world. Standing in God's presence. And finally, standing with God's power. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is active in our lives, we have incredible strength. We have authority that is God-given authority. We have incredible power. But you see, I don't think that you and I claim it fully. We think that we aren't able to do much. But go to, to um, Matthew 17. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Some of you have seen a mustard seed. It's like the top of a pin. If you have that much faith, if you can pull up that much faith from your bootstraps, then all of this power is is available to us. You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. We need to step it up, my friends. Most of us can stir up the faith of a mustard seed. But if we say that we believe we are followers of Christ, then we can do incredible things. Talk about hope in the light of the world. Jesus can do incredible things in and through us as long as we stand in his presence. And then John 14, very truly I tell you, this blows me away every time, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, they will do even greater things than these, Jesus says, because I am going to the Father. Do you hear what he's saying? He's saying that you and I can do even more powerful things than all of the miracles, all of the healing, all of the ministry, all of the gifts that we read about that Jesus Christ performed. We have that within us as believers. We need to stand in that power. Believing in Christ is full access to the power of the Holy Spirit. It's power to accomplish great things, to do great works. How are you going to live this Advent season? I want to stand on the promises of God. I want to stand in his presence. And I want to stand on his power. Because Jesus was Emmanuel, meaning God with us. I feel that God is calling us to fully claim who we are as Christians today. Who we are as believers in Christ. We need to latch on to that hope that we have in him.
But I pray that this will be the start of a hope-filled Advent season. Let's pray. God, we are longing for you. We are broken, wounded, hurting people. We have doubts and fears. We have questions. We have wandered away from you. So in this time, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would, would move among us. That you would use all of that word of God to just not only be seated within us, but to, to take root and to grow and allow us to do things differently to live out our faith. We love you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.